But I think in terms of giving back, in terms of uh, community, uh, we've been very lucky as a team the last number of years to be relatively successful. But comes with that is a is a massive responsibility to make sure that you're making a difference and you're giving back. That was Johnny Cooper, seven-time All-Ireland winner with Dublin GAA. We're looking forward to hearing more from Johnny after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to episode 100. We've got a special offer for you for this one. It's with Moodoo Health. You can find them at muhdo.com. They're epigenetic and DNA testing, so having a look at your inner health profile. They're the most conclusive DNA profile available on the market today. And me and David have availed of it, and the insights are excellent. And we've also managed to get a 20% discount. So if you type in H-A-U-O-R-A 20, you'll get 20% off, which is exclusive to the show. So check them out. That's moodoo.com. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 100. Today spoke to Johnny Cooper, seven times an All-Ireland Gaelic football winner with Dublin and a leader on and off the pitch. Johnny's been a first-team starter on an All-Ireland winning Dublin side seven times. The Nafina star embodies the relentless pursuit of high performance in the all-conquering Dublin team and the culture that radiates from that entire group. Johnny has won multiple All-Stars and is a leader and learner off the pitch also. In this episode, we open up a dialogue about leadership development, culture and organisational behaviour. Johnny talks about his work with DCU, his experience with the Gaelic Players Association and his Be Unrivaled mantra. We talk about adversity and moments that have forged Johnny's resilience and him giving back to charities such as Temple Street Hospital and the Mary Keating Foundation. Thanks for joining us for the 100th, Johnny. This has been quite a ride for the podcast. From humble origins with Connor Gavin in SoCo Performance Clinic, now number 100 with my co-host Kieran Dunn. You've learned so much and are forever grateful to you, the listeners, and to all our special guests. Remember, sleep, eat, perform, repeat. Johnny Cooper, thanks a million for coming on today. How are you? Thanks, Emil, for having me. Um, yeah, really good, thankfully. Things at the moment are a little bit different around the world, um, including my own world a little bit, but now all is healthy and um, can't complain. I'm busy, um, which is the main thing. And for the people outside of Ireland, Johnny, where is home for you and kind of what's what's it been like for you over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, home for me is in Dublin, uh, the north side of Dublin, uh, which is the north side and south side. For those unfamiliar with Ireland, the north side is... Uh, the better half of Dublin, so just to note that. <laughs> um, but yeah, north side of D- Dublin. And the last few months, yeah, I guess have been a challenge. Like everything else have kind of changed. Things have got somewhat uprooted and perspective has changed. And the value on, uh, certainly from my perspective, on relationships and um, people that are close to you certainly have got enhanced and magnified, which is probably one of the bigger positives for me in this whole situation. But yeah dealing with it as best as you can we're trying to be agile and um, i know we'll probably talk about 
discipline and agility and various things but luckily that I'm involved in sport which gives you a certain level of discipline and, and training in that space and I think I've been able to use that albeit there's definitely been challenges certainly along the way and probably a couple more still to to go but um, all is good um, from, from my perspective. Excellent uh, give us a bit of flavor about what's going on in your professional life and your personal life at the moment in terms of work in terms of things that are keeping you busy. Yeah so I guess coming out of uh, secondary school which here in Ireland is about 17, 18 in, in a very quick synopsis didn't really know exactly where I wanted to go what I wanted to do but I did sports science and health which gave me a good grounding in the sports performance and the health side of things so initially started that and then the last couple of years as I transitioned away from undergraduate into full-time employment and so on, have a particular and a keen interest from a hobby point of view, you know, on high-performing teams, how people tick um, behaviours of those people that have had sustain, sustained success the last number of years. So got involved in academia and organisational behaviour and psychology and diploma in executive coaching and, and some leadership kind of badges along the way, just on the side, if you like. And then from a professional point of view, involved in Dublin City University in the recruitment strand there so essentially I have remit to look after a certain portion of um, recruitment the recruitment strategy nationwide here in Ireland on behalf of the university which in itself is quite a busy job which which uh, I, I guess entails you dealing with you know students and talking to prospective students and parents and teachers so quite quite a a people focused and people facing um, position and role which again kind of encapsulates a bit of uh, how people tick and maybe trying to help them reach the goal that they have so that's a bit of a flavor of on and off the or in and outside the, the professional environment um, what I've got up to the last couple of years and I know we'll probably speak about a few of them strands in particular the next few minutes. You would be renowned for consistency on the pitch and having been there for a long period of sustained success with Dublin what have you brought from that experience and that you know environment of culture, trust and relationship building into your work, into DCU and in with those conversations you might be having with different people? Yeah, I think you mentioned it there. That I think the trust, I mean, I think that's a critical component. I have my the masters that I did actually looked, the thesis was was looking at trust, but also felt trust. So a lot of people think trust is just outward. Do I trust David? Do I trust Kieran? But was also a sense then of do I feel trusted do you know what's my perception of do they trust me and two of them are very much intertwined so I think that trust that as a foundation before you ever move or before you ever try to get or achieve or obtain the goal that you're looking to get towards you know that's very much a foundation uh, particularly from a sporting context you're in an environment with 82 and a half thousand people you know uh, trying to execute and perform a skill that you practice thousands of times but you often rely on obviously your teammates that are next to you. So that trust is probably something that's that's there. But then there's a couple of like, I mean, like you probably go on for, for so long, not go on, but I mean, talk about this for so long in terms of the depth and the nuances to it all. But I, I think at a high level, the connection that you form um, and the connections that you form, you have to establish and foster from a sporting perspective. Certainly, you can take that into any part of your life and the importance of that understanding things from somebody else's perspective, trying to get in behind their eyes, you know, and really, really listen to understand as opposed to just, you know, you often see um, just people listening or not even listening. But, you know, um, and the third one then for me to trust and uh, connected with me too. And the, then it's probably just the clarity of behavior. And again, if you're trying to obtain and be it a corporate or a business or a sporting or whatever the, the context may be if you're trying to obtain a certain objective, but you're trying to do that over a sustained period of time, I think having 
clarity on accepted behaviors would often be an anchor if you like when the storm comes or the rainy day hits um i think having that clarity um of understanding of the behaviors that are accepted to try and achieve the goal um are very very important and sports is obviously the example one of the examples that we're talking about but but as as you're highlighting i think it's uh bringing that across to professional or your personal relationships or your endeavors um, in terms of personal goals that you may have are just as applicable. You talk with these with such clarity now, these points. When you were developing over your career, moving on from the health sciences degree, when do you think the light was shifted onto these attributes or these traits of high performance? When did they become clear that they were so important to you? I think probably so the sports science and health degree gives you a really good understanding of performance side, but certainly a health side. And I think coming out of that radio 2021, particularly fascinated, you know, just watching TV initially fascinated with, with kind of sports leaders, sports people, and just how they are able to, I guess, you know, hold the attention of their teammates or lead their teammates into certain some people like that I would have looked up to anyway, from a few different sports over in the UK, Johnny Wilkinson, who was eating pasta and going to the gym before it was cool to do so. And, um, you know, people in the soccer sphere, Roy K- they just kind of jump out of the screen. So it was probably around that 2021 20, years of age. And then I was lucky enough to meet, you know, many different, I guess, people that influenced me, but a guy called uh, Jim Gavin, who went on to manage me for a good number of years. And he gave me a certain level of understanding um, initially anyway as to the importance of getting a high performance environment to tick and how setting pace from the top but also making sure that that's connected and aligned to the very very bottom wherever that may be you know that kind of kicked my journey maybe 22 23 currently i'm 31 so still very much on that journey trying to seek and understand and be curious and ask questions and conversations i'm here with my pen and my notebook like today i'm sure i'll come away with you know five six seven eight different things that will help me join a couple more dots and uh, just have a i guess overall a passion and a curiosity for this space and for that space but yeah probably the early 20s coming out of undergraduate kind of ignited that flame if you like yeah it's like steve Jobs saying you know connecting the dots and where it all leads to in the future um johnny having looked up your profile coming from a background that I wouldn't be as familiar with, maybe as the two people on the other side here, uh, Kieran and yourself. I saw that in 2015, 2016, you did the you know the Jim Madden Leadership mm-hmm. Program out of Maynooth, which obviously would have crystallized a lot of different concepts and thoughts for you in that leadership space. But also you had five consecutive years where you were a conduit for your team with the Gaelic Players Association. For people outside of the GA circles, what were those experiences like? What did they mean to you and kind of what have they brought to you in terms of values or your your further and deeper understanding in terms of leadership and things like that? Yeah, well, well firstly, we're, we're extremely fortunate that the Gaelic Players Association afford us opportunities um, and support us off the pitch. And one of them, as you mentioned already, is, is through the Jim Madden Leadership Programme, which Myself and a couple of other my teammates at the time, we did the very first one um, a number of years ago now, but, but ever since it's been growing and growing. So for for that particular, I guess, experience, I, I guess it just exposed you to two things. One is colleagues from all over the country who play the sport that we play. But here in Ireland, we don't often get to interact or mix, certainly not at a classroom level, because you play each other on a Saturday or Sunday and then you might play each other a couple of months later. and. That's just the nature of the the busy season and the busyness of our sport. 
So certainly I've got an opportunity just to really understand and try seek out people's perspectives and and so on. The second thing I would have dropped you into and in front of people from corporate backgrounds, from business backgrounds and essentially held masterclasses and got involved with case studies and put you in very uncomfortable positions. And again, bear in mind you're 20, 21, 22. So this is very much an accelerated learning hub, if you like. So I guess, again, that probably would have been a big part of what a Kickstarter would have got me connected to, you know, many different topics, but things that jump to mind is just around the innovation space, what talent needs and how to foster that, how to deliver feedback. You know, are you considering, you know, very, very detailed, and just around the feedback, are you considering the mood of the other person, the timing, the place, the language, the speed of speech, and all these and for me, I'm a bit of a an OCD or a bit of a detailed, orientated visual. And the more I can kind of describe and flesh out things on a page or kind of see them come to life in front of you, the kind of better I can understand it, which then uh, hopefully gives me the opportunity to, to kind of teach that back to somebody else, be it a younger, if you're mentoring and I do a bit of coaching and executive coaching as well, it helps me in that space. So I guess, yeah, just want to put me and expose me to other people and colleagues from around the country here in Ireland, but also, as I said, from some of the country's best and most innovative and creative leaders that we have here in Ireland as well. That's really good, Johnny. Like it's uh, it's amazing how it all kind of pieces together for you. Just just you mentioned two things there, but I really want to focus in on one. Innovation might be something we might well come back to, but talent development is something that, you know, we've spoken to several people on this podcast before, including say Steve Guerra over in the States that would do a lot of work in that space. And we then had the conversation nearly about specialism and generalism. And in terms of in terms of sport, kind of where do you where do you sit in that conversation between if if we're trying to develop athletes that can make it in their sport in Ireland, be that track, be the tennis, be it hurling, be it soccer, you name it, where 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 does it lie for you in terms of trying loads of sports at an at an early age or maybe consolidating and focusing in on, on the one to really give themselves the best opportunity to make it at the highest level. Yeah, sure. Well, for me, where I stand, and be quite, uh, I guess, passionate about this would be, I guess, uh, keeping the scope as wide as possible. And you often hear about uh, early specialization and then you specialize maybe at whatever age it might be, 18, 19, 20, 21. But I still find myself very much now at the moment trying to, you know, look look at other sports, which is natural for any competitive athlete, but actually take things in, you know, use your basketball, um, kind of two ball stuff as just one very small example, use your sprint technique and how can you combine and you bring them all. So although I'm specialising in Gaelic football here in Ireland at the moment, I would find myself probably every week or certainly every other week looking specifically at how is that person using their eyes or their, their space that are around them or how they may be executing or you know people like going farrelly kick for england how are they following through on their technique how are they commanding spaces how are they communicating so i guess it's for me personally it's trying to keep the scope and be open-minded as said earlier on about being as curious as possible because it's a never-ending somebody has the answer that you need somewhere in the world so you just have to look in the right places or try to get access to the right people to ask the right questions so and I think it definitely complements. I mean, you see, and we mentioned about joining the dots. Sometimes there's lots of dots just sitting on the piece of on the piece of paper in front of you, and you're looking before you go into a competition of how these going to join together, and then all of a sudden they just merge and they align together in the heat of battle when they need to. And I think that probably comes back to 
you know, having that kind of wide scoping comfort and trust with having tried and having accepted other people's, uh, I guess, opinions around things. And, you know, we do it all the time, myself and my teammates in, in the current sport that I'm involved with, Gaelic football here in Ireland, we try different things and, you know, use the, you know, the, the goggles that block out your vision. And again, one little example, but just, you know, it's so helpful when you go in in terms of, I'm a defender, so my job is to try and intercept the ball a lot of the time, which often comes down to how you're interpreting space and interpreting distance and interpreting what other people are going to do and you know, mimicking runs and so on. So, again, hopefully that gave a flavour, but I guess to, in a short, yeah, broad and keeping curious and keeping open-minded and keeping asking questions has certainly helped me in, in the space that I'm in and have been in the last few years. That's great. I just want to touch back on the two points you make there, just about being open-minded, but then also the Madden Leadership Program. I've completed it just this year, gone. And one of the biggest things was the development center where they expose your your areas of weakness, maybe your areas of development, where you're putting scenarios, as you said, that are uncomfortable. And I know that with the Dublin football team, especially use of a very highly critique level of each other and these also look to get the best answer get the best performance it's not just about who's right who's wrong it's about getting finding out what you can do better all the time i'm just wondering about when you went through the madden leadership what was the biggest thing is that jumped out at you in terms of okay i need to really develop these areas i need to be open-minded about how i approach this this or what areas really stuck out to you yeah, well, and you're you're absolutely right, and I kind of vividly recall the experience of going through the developmental center a couple of days. I think it was for us. I don't know if it's shorter now, but and you're in role plays and you're presenting in front of people who are critiquing the the kind of mock project that you're doing. Or and I guess the big thing in terms of a, a, in a helicopter view would be just the feedback and reflection. Obviously, you're getting honest thoughts and you're getting very detailed thoughts as well. You're you're merging that into. You know, and again, it's not to put people in boxes, but your personality assessments, and that gives you a good sense of maybe where you lie. For me specifically, it was probably it was probably just the the level of execution that you need to go to. Particularly, you know, as we were doing at the time, we were presenting something back. I think it was a, it was a mock or a pilot project on how I, I picked anyway how to develop talent and sustain that in a high performing environment and the feedback at the time was this is brilliant and all but how are you going to actually make it look um real and how are you going to make it look um uh, or make it be valuable on the ground as such so feedback and reflection was certainly from a high level but on the ground actually executing day-to-day setting pace having conversations being honest with people driving it's nearly that kind of that air that you breathe um, and you, the culture is thrown around in so many different ways over the last couple of years but I guess it's trying to develop that, but also align that to the thoughts and the people and the actions in order to try and sustain and, and achieve a goal that you're looking for. So um, I guess, yeah, that would be the space, the actual execution. So it's all good when you're having the McKinsey diagrams on the high level, boxes and arrows and so on, but how are you going to actually bring it to life? It was probably something that rang true for me. I'm still very much trying to to work on it and execute it in that space. But I think since then, I've certainly got a good grasp of the, the practicalities and the challenges that come along with, as you mentioned already, playing for, for the team that I play with and have done so since 2012. It obviously brings pressures, it brings challenges. We are full-time professional. Uh, we, we do the football as a hobby, I guess, on the side for those that are unfamiliar outside of Ireland. So it does bring its own set of challenges and unique circumstances, trying to drive the the overall aim and the purpose of the organisation, if you like. Um, and, 
And I guess where we all fit in as just yeah, individuals within that particular context, where we all fit in and how we try all add value and, as I said earlier on, have the clarity of um, where that value needs to be. And Johnny, what's coming through this conversation in spades? And obviously, if we looked up your profile, would be cultural and cultural building seems to be something very important to you and something you obviously have firsthand experience from in, in a sporting world. But say if you had an opportunity to go into a business and an organization tomorrow, maybe an international organization, what would you be looking for in terms of trying to understand the cohesion and the kind of cultural dynamics of that space and what you'd be trying to do nearly from day one to foster a positive culture that could lead to success? For me, I, I think, and I've seen this around in both a sporting and a corporate context, it's trying to get a sense and often you can very very quickly if you're kind of looking for the right things get a sense of the purpose from the top down um, and just in general what is the organization or company purpose and is that very very clear and then is that purpose actually aligned and shared from the from the ceo to the leadership team to the managers to the employees to the graduates that are just in the door are those very much shared and are they understood and then the last thing I guess would 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 be are they actually lived? Is there conversations that are happening? Is there, um, is there I guess a formal open forum and a and a space where you can grow and you can have psychological and you can feel psychologically safe to actually input and if you have a thought, can you say it? So, um, and I guess it's giving and providing space for those conversations to happen. And I guess that's very much a broad strokes of, well, there's a couple of hundred or thousand people working here. How does that come to life? And how does that actually, um, you know, come to fruition that add value on the bottom line? I think it's having that learning culture or that collaborative learning culture, maybe more so, um, where, yes, units are dotted around the organization. And yes, they cross collaborate on, on some different projects, but they actually all really understand the function and the value that they add. Again, coming back to that purpose so certainly trying to get a sense of that and obviously there's lots of detail you can formalize frameworks and models and you can i guess interpret and diagnose a situation formally and that's probably something that you would have to do anyway before you put in then the strategy and the objectives and the the key results to i guess move and and make sure the trajectory is going in the right direction but culture is lived for me it's day-to-day it's discipline I, i see it and i've lived it since 2012 in a high performing sporting environment it might look slightly different or the objective or the context would be different or the multi-location might be different from an organizational perspective. But ultimately, I think, yeah, you're looking for that connection from the purpose at the top down through the plan and what the company is all about right through then to the people and do they have that shared um, and alignment to the overall company objective and are they adding value? Because often, the last point I'd say, often uh, you see when, when people are very much connected to the higher purpose and very much connected to the organizational goal and objective um I, I think apples are the original one for apple and you mentioned that earlier on was um empowering man to change the way we communicate with each other and that's such a higher purpose from an individual perspective I, i'm i'm being empowered to be innovative but then in terms of a world and a higher purpose they want to change the way and how people act and interact and communicate with each other and um that for me is something that would drive me to get out of bed or whatever time i needed to get out of bed at so I guess it's that sense there within the organization. If it's not, how can you create that and how can you allow the employees to own it um, ultimately? I'd like to jump back to communication in a little bit, if possible. But uh, 
I ended up on a YouTube rabbit hole recently. And so I was going around looking for inspiration and landed on yourself, giving a talk to Dublin City University. And it was about being unrivaled and it's looking at your new venture. In terms of the talk, you get, you spoke about snakes and ladders and how the road isn't always straightforward. We go up and down and we have setbacks. And we face adversity. For your personal experience, has there any big adversity moments that have changed the way you approach things or harnessed resilience in you and boosted your personal development, your professional development over the years? Yeah, um, the Be Unrivaled space, actually the nucleus of it for me and the Be Unrivaled, the, the actual definition, if you like, is kind of being out there on your own, having no rival or competitor. And that, that, that space as a whole was something that intrigued me, that it, I was attracted towards, you know, you know, obviously you're, you're trying every day. I'm certainly not there and probably never will be there as such, but you're trying every day to get there. So I was just attracted to it from a personal point of view, uh, from a uh, competitive point of view. And I, it actually originated from a guy that used to manage us, uh, Jim Gavin, and just having a conversation. I was actually getting some feedback one day and he said, well, what are you going to do? I mean, there's a hundred things that you need to do every week and how are you going to behave and act? And I just said, I'm going to be unrivaled. It kind of started from there. And then I thought, you know what, how can some of the skills and some of the experiences, some of the theoretical and practical um, exposure that I've had the last number of years, how could I actually go back and help people that are, you know, maybe a little bit younger, maybe are, are athletes themselves, or maybe are just um, competitors or in a corporate or a business sense in the last couple of years. That kind of brand, if you like, has, has uh, I, I brought it out there and I've um, been lucky enough to work with some teams and some individuals uh, within that space. And I, I, I I, I think the adversity side of things, I've experienced it and I'd be very open. I have been in the past. Um, a number of things on and off the pitch have probably been standout for me, but there was one, and I'm happy to talk about it because I, I think there's learning in it, albeit it was, it was through um, an experience that I wouldn't wish as such on anybody in 2014, coming home from a night out, got attacked. I won't go into detail on the actual attack, but, you know, quite... Um, quite lasting in terms of the way in which it all happened and the experience and the exposure that I would have received and as a result then probably put myself really out there um, from an expose myself um, from that point of view and it was very very uncomfortable adversity came to my door very quickly you know I got attacked so those physical implications there but also brought a bit of I guess probably embarrassment and a couple other things and as I said in here in Ireland Gaelic football is quite a small you know albeit it's followed across the country it's quite a small but nonetheless would have got um I guess pe people asking questions and brought attention that I didn't really want and I guess long story short after that particular attack they just attack a bit like a tornado and um, I was kind of being pushed away from the center the whole time because the wind was circulating and the pressure was really just forcing me to go underground bury my head which I did for a while but then after a couple of days and probably about two weeks of that particular incident, I just said, you know what, I need to go back into the centre here. Um, it's the calmest place of a tornado and just kind of went out there and just faced up to to announce my, my kind of mistakes, if you like. And from there, I just got a really good appreciation of, you know what, you know, and it's probably a little bit complacent, probably a little bit egotistical that time um, for a few different reasons. And just gave me a good grounding of, you know what, everybody's quite equal here. You just need to go back and, Pretty much from then on, I've been lucky enough to interact with, you know, Saracens Rugby in the UK and Richmond uh, AFL in Australia and visit Munster Rugby, Leinster Rugby, loads of different teams and people that are... And since then, I just had that kind of, I guess, yeah, curiosity to, 
yeah, being rivals, grand to say that and be out there on your own, have no competitor, but what are you actually going to do? And for me, that kind of adversity um, gave me that spark and kind of kick-started me to put the two feet firmly on the ground and make sure every day that you're doing the same and you're having honest conversations and being honest with yourself to, I guess, ultimately get a little bit better every day. So look, I'll pause on that one because it's kind of a bit of a rabbit hole in itself, but I'm happy to take any questions or kind of go any more deeper if, if you want. No, Johnny, we just nearly like to acknowledge you for the fact to um, to say it because uh, anyone can look into what happened to you and you know can take from that what they want. Look, you're someone that seems to be giving back, you know, and it's not just about that experience. It's about other things and the time you're spending with students in DCU. And there's two things that jumped out of your LinkedIn to me straight away, uh, close to home, which was you seem to be doing a bit of work with the Mary Keating Foundation, but also on Temple Street. And, you know, oftentimes people don't see that side of of, um, of professional athletes or or maybe it's it's nearly in passing conversation. But those would be two things that I see as, as really powerful parts of, of what makes you um, somebody we'd all like to listen to. So can you tell us a little bit about your role with those two organizations? Yeah, and thanks for being, I think it is a massive part. Um, ultimately, we're all the same. I'm just a young boy going to Dublin GA games, had an interest and a passion. And, and here I am sitting, being able and being lucky enough for the few years to get the opportunity to play. But I think in terms of giving back, in terms of uh, community, uh, we've been very lucky as a team the last number of years to be relatively successful. But comes with that is a is a massive responsibility to making sure that you're making a difference and you're giving back. And you know we're lucky every Christmas Day um, and, and and at other times that we're invited into Temple Street Children's Hospital where the the kids themselves are obviously going through um, many challenging circumstances and, and the families themselves and what they've gone through and all the different illnesses. that they, And it just brings a couple of minutes of joy going in, saying hello. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a trophy with you, you know, all the better. You can take a photo. And likewise, the Maria Keating Foundation, who does, you know, as do all the charities, massive work in, in particular around the, the cancer um, area. I think we've all been affected or touched by it in, in some shape or form be it somebody close to us um, or somebody that we know or, or somebody that's within the community. So, and again, I think it's just important that we leverage the, the small uh, platform that we all have or the little platform, but, but at the same time use that to to maybe, uh, you know, ch- change something, be it in the community, be it in the local area or be it nationwide here in Ireland, which sometimes we have the opportunity to do. So again, I, I talked about higher purpose earlier on, you know, winning on the pitch is obviously a, a goal but but it's not the only goal and um, impacting and changing people particularly younger people's lives for the better albeit it might just be a split second in time or you know what the people that are listening to this and there's a 15 year old who might want to do the same and something that i say and um, might encourage him or influence or, or or show him maybe a little bit of the way not that i have all the answers but a little bit of the way to, to, to getting there so I'm very cognizant of it, as are my colleagues and my teammates. And it's something that's important, I think, nonetheless, no matter if you're in sports or if you're in, you know, a day-to-day and you don't play or interested in sports, giving back, which people here in Ireland are tremendous for doing, to be fair. Um, and particularly the last six or eight months with so many other people that are going through challenging circumstances. So look, to, to give back is obviously very important and to make a difference is very important, certainly to me um, and the team that I'm involved with. Both me and David would like to give you a sense of gratitude and thanks for pushing that message. We've both been affected by cancer in our lives in the last two years, not personally, but with close family members. So really great to see the work that you're doing and continuing to do as well. I'd like to just move on to something you mentioned about communication. 
And we see it in team sports, it's a lot easier to execute radical open transparency and radical communication that critiques our colleagues, calls people out, as it were. We spoke to Damien Varley earlier on in the year, and he mentioned that it's a lot easier to do in the dressing room than it is to do in the boardroom. With the Dublin DEA, there's, there's definitely that culture of everybody striving to do better, and nobody seems to let their ego get in the way of that. So they're open to being criticized, to, to looking for ways to improve. Could you give any secrets or tips in terms of how an organization can adopt an approach like that a little bit more than they will be doing at the moment, maybe? Yeah, I think the nature of any team, uh, sports or otherwise, you know, there's a certain level of hierarchy and that might be established from, you know, the manager or the CEO or maybe in a sporting case as the captain or, you know, whatever that hierarchy is from, from top to bottom. And that's that's natural in terms of the structure and, you know, making sure there's clear lines of communication, who's responsible um, and there's, uh, I guess, I guess there's accountability across the board. But, but in a day-to-day sense, in a live sense, I think there's definitely, uh, certainly what I've seen, and I, I said I've been to some other professional sports teams and into organizations, there's, there's definitely a sense of that flat organization structure. Yes, there might be your manager over here or the, the, the leader or the CEO over there, but there is a good, you know, very clear sense of everybody is equal, whatever that percentage component happens to be. Everybody is equal. Everybody has a right to say it. Everybody has the environment to say it in and with. And that's probably where one of the main things that, that you see that there's a lot of formalities around things. Oh, well, I might need to write it in an email and then the email might have to be brought up then at the month performance meeting. And then maybe from there we can see what this, you know, I guess that trying to make and streamline that um, in a bit more of a, a fluid and a flux way sometimes can be helpful. Obviously, you know, you need to understand the context and the challenge and the goal here in terms of what i'm speaking about but at the same time trying to foster that environment will be one critical thing and then i think yeah absolutely i think that there's obviously an individual that is standing within the the organization or within the team that we're speaking about here but then around them you have the wider team and then that wider team fits into the overall structure of the organization so there's definitely a a me and a we component here there's a balance to both because i'm sure in an organization or corporation or a sports team you'll have people that want to and, and will strive to grow but at the same time that has to merge and that has to complement the overall we environment and where the company is going so there will, will at times and this is very much i'm speaking here about a sporting perspective where you have to somewhat suppress some of what you have because it's not the right time to input that or it's not doesn't have won't have the right value but nonetheless, you will get the opportunity to do it if, if the company kind of understands and gives you, as I said, the space to do. So kind of that flat organization to, to maybe summarize the flat organization and, and harnessing and, and establishing that or having that very much a lived uh, practice and then understanding where the me and where the we elements and how they merge and the piece of the jigsaw ultimately come together. Because I definitely think there's a way of ensuring that boats do very well out of it and boats grow and boats get the experience and the exposure that they want from a personal individual perspective, but also from a, a wider team and organizational perspective. But again, understanding the, the challenges and the, the dynamics and the mechanics and the environments uh, at which all this is interacting is obviously important to maybe go into further detail around it. But Johnny, there's no doubt that we're all in our thirties here and experientially we've all learned and clarified a bit more about purpose and values and impact 
And, you know, you obviously are having a lasting legacy and impact on a lot of different people from those kids that you're giving your time to in Temple Street, to us today, to the people you interact with in DCU. You touch on the fact that if a 15-year-old was listening to this when it comes out, maybe what could a 15-year-old get from it? And I'd like to nearly build off that and ask you the question that if there's a 15-year-old Johnny Cooper listening to this when it comes out in a couple of weeks, what would you be hoping to tell to the younger version of yourself? Something that rings true to for me when I reflect and look back on my journey, and, and obviously, every, and you mentioned the snakes and ladders, some people will, will hit a, a ladder and kind of, you know, off they go up a couple of rungs on, on the board, and some people might hit a snake or a challenge along the way, and they and they slide back down. And I think the important thing is to understand, what, well, two things, actually. One is that, that you ultimately have the power to, to kind of more time or the more you invest into something. Um, you know, it's a bit like going into your exams or your study in school or your academia. You know, if you're in the right headspace and you've invested the time, you know, you'll probably, you know, be be set up for success in some way, be it there or another point in time. So I think you have the power and understanding that is crucial. But then I think having and trying to establish, and of course, as a 15, 16-year-old, it's just so much going on. And even into your late 20s, 30s and beyond, you still haven't figured it out fully. But if and when, say, you wanted to play and use the example that you used there, some 15-year-old was, was wanted to play for Dublin at some point and Gaelic football for their own county or, or hurling, whatever it may be here in Ireland, that they really have a connectedness to that. They really understand, okay, it's going to come with sacrifices, it's going to come with challenges, it's going to come with, you know, I need to learn lots of things. But their anchor, if you like, to the seabed is always that. Um, so when there's a storm on the top of the the ocean water or when there's a windy day or even a sunny day that they always the anchor is to the bottom and trying at some point to figure that out what is my anchor what's my higher purpose what's the the driver that's really going to take me through the good and the kind of bad days and keep me grounded so i guess ultimately understanding that they have control of their destiny and then when they understand that trying to trying to anchor that to something that's really really strong that ultimately will, will as i said take them through good and bad days brilliant You've given us an awful lot in a short space of time here, Johnny. So we just one more question for you. And it's the signature question of the show, Sleepy Perform Repeat. It's what does high performance mean to you? High performance for me is probably in some ways and in general terms is doing your best and achieving the results that you and are important to you in a very simplistic way. And that for people that are listening, yeah, it's sports, yeah, it's business, maybe it's family, maybe it's kids, maybe it's just, you know, the habit or the going to the gym every morning to keep healthy and engaged, whatever that may be. So I think doing your very best and having the confidence knowing that what you're doing is the right thing over a period of time to sustain results in whatever the space happens to be. And then after that, you're just mapping on you know, the context is sports or the context is business or it's tech or it's engineering, whatever it may be. So I wouldn't I wouldn't probably over complicate it. For me, high performance is, as I said, achieving results in the space. And once you're content and happy with that, I think then whatever it is that you're looking to get then thereafter will come, be it nationally or internationally, it doesn't really matter. Brilliant. Like this podcast, Kiron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Cooper, we'd like to both say thank you very much for giving us your time, your your experiences and your, and your lessons and your stories over the years. We're both wishing all the very best in all walks of life. So stay fit, stay healthy, and yeah, just grateful again for you giving us your time today. Not at all. Thank you both for your time and continued success and all that you're doing. It's shining a, a great light on, it, on, on subjects that are 
very important to lots of people. So thank you for your time. Cheers, John. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.